1: I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and that crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value.
0: My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast.
2: Hey. You you want to see something really scary? You bet. Really? Yeah. Okay, this is this is really, really scary now. I trust you. Okay, pull the car over. Pull the car over? Scare me. Are you ready? Okay, go
0: ahead. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Behold, Behold, Behold a Pale Podcast.
3: Woo-hoo.
0: Oh, yeah, there's the sound effects. One day, if, if Alex is ever too big to be with us, <laughs> uh, Or too big, well, either going into too big, you know, stardom or too big that he had to pass away. Uh, (laughs) One of the two bigs. Yeah. I think he'll be too big. He's a star because he's he's a fucking legend. He's a legend in the making. But we'll need to have that audio clip of that effect forever. (laughs) All right. It's yours. Thank you. Everybody heard that. (laughs) I'm cashing and that's how I'll make all my money in the future. (laughs) Um, Alex, how you doing, bud?
3: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good, doing good. That's good. Seven, doing good. <laughs> I like to hear that.
0: I like to hear that. So you know, uh, you know, this this big glorious episode of Behold the Pill. Bray's not with us, as anybody out there can can tell. And this is a glorious episode of Behold the Pill Podcast. We're gonna talk about like a little little dark secret of Hollywood, if you will. This one's not so much a conspiracy theory. You might be able to make theories of uh, your own little, you know, what was going on and, you know, such. But I think what happened is pretty much right there, black and white. Clara's crystal fizzy lifting drink type stuff, you know. Um, It's just an accident on set. Now, the true, I guess, debate would be who's to blame. But I, I guess, you know, that's probably not, I mean, we could talk about it, but. It is. It was. It was as a whole. Uh, you know, the crew kind of failed a little bit, and the director was a little pushy, as we'll see. You know what I mean? But uh, originally, going into this episode, I know, Jonathan, Jonathan, this was kind of new to you. You weren't really, you weren't familiar with this one.
3: No, I have like no idea about any of this. This is all new to me, so I'm interested to hear what's gonna, you know, happen.
0: Yeah, this is one of those weird-headed ones. Uh, I, I really only knew about it because of the film thing, just looking into the dark Hollywood. How about you guys, you other guys, you guys know about this one ahead of time or when this popped up? Yeah I, I um, uh, uh, uh,
3: yeah, I heard about this. I forget when, way back. But yeah, I heard about the incident on set. And the thing I always found amazing was that it was known, it was kind of common knowledge uh but what wasn't really common knowledge was what, it didn't sound like anyone really got, you know, you know, actually, uh, I mean, other than, I think John Landis kind of fell out after this, but for the most part, I don't think anyone actually was taken to task for what happened. I mean, and it's, I mean, accidents on sets happen, and unfortunately, sometimes people do die, but I think the big thing that made this kind of more of a, a dark and taboo kind of thing was the fact that uh, children were involved and that, you know, the question of, you know, them, from what i remembering, that they were like, you know, illegal aliens, that they really, you know, there was a lot of questionable things about the children that were brought on and whether there was, I mean, it was something more than just the fact that they held them longer than they should have. Uh, There was a lot of um, questions about, you know, how they got the kids and, and while the kids uh, got killed, I never heard about any kind of, like, response from the parents, or even if they had parents. I, I, I mean, as far as I know, they could have been orphans. They had I, parents. Uh, because... They came from the estate of Mr. Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> no, they
0: had parents. They were, yeah. Yeah, um,
3: but I mean, I, I never heard, like, an outrage from, like, family members about this. Well, they yeah, they were the, fam- the, parents,
0: were on, the parents were on set, um, when the, when the situation happened, they, I guess both parents had to have, they both had to go to the hospital because they were just hy- hy- hysteric as you could imagine. Well, yeah. Um, and, sure, and they, you know, ta- they talk about that. And the thing I was, stuff I was reading about it, it talked about, you know, one of the things was how that you know, they brought up, they didn't know what, they, it's almost like they didn't know what was wrong with them. They brought them to the hospital and found out they were in shock. It's like, obviously. Well,
3: you know well I, mean? I wonder why.
0: But, um, yeah, the parents were both there for sure. So they were, they were on set. Okay. And in the trial, they were, heavy, they were heavy within the trial, too. Yeah.
3: Because, uh, I mean, the thing is, I mean, I, I heard about it, but I never really heard about the trial or anything. It was kind of one of those things that, you know, people have brought up, but no one really went into exactly what happened. I and mean, something like this, you know, you expect – you know, like uh, almost an O.J. Simpson kind of trial, where you know people be focused on on this because of what happened and and all that, and also the you know it being on such a big movie that was coming out at the time.
0: Well, media, the media wasn't quite a mockery as it was by then, I guess. This was what late, this was eighty two, I think, nineteen eighty two, I think, is when this happened, 82, 83, yeah. Eighty two, eighty three. 83, mm. so maybe the media was a little more respectable at this time. And then O.J. Would, was, what, mid-90s? By that yeah. point, it was by, it was married with children and all bets were off. <laughs> no holding back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it
4: has a lot to do, too, with, like, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, you know? What don't I mean? be that I don't, guy, I, I'm just trying to play...
0: No, we're all about devil's advocate up in here. I love no, it. I mean,
4: I, I don't know. I mean, these are... The way that I see it is, is that it was easier to – I just find it, I find it sketchy that these – I understand they were filming a scene um, yeah. that took place in Vietnam, right? Yeah. I mean, these children – one child was actually born in Vietnam,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and then one was born in Taiwan, apparently.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Interesting.
4: So they were immigrants.
0: So they weren't officially, yeah, like, they, blo- like, blood. Honestly,
4: blood who even sisters. knew if they were even – I mean, they may have not even been citizens.
0: Oh, well,
4: let's not go there, buddy. Maybe. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, there's an uh, – Yeah, yeah. No, no, no was, I know this, where you're was going the, Like, the work, right? Like, the work situation was ex- was already exceptionally sketchy, and it was probably even – they probably figured that – I mean, these who knows if they even would have been able to pull work permits for these people anyway. You know, I don't know. It's just, are you, are you like, saying so... that
0: they 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 showed up on set in a bag of rice and they cut open the bag of rice no, and pulled no. them out? Is that what you're trying to say?
4: No, I just That's I just awesome. I just think it's like I just think it's a it's a sketchy situation. Like it's no, it's...
0: I know, no, I I get where you're going with it, yeah. but yeah, it it is. It's one of those things. It's like uh, like yeah, it was via the theme of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I will make note that this for this segment was the only segment in the 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 Twilight Zone movie that wasn't a reboot of a a few uh, a previous episode. Every other short was a was a previous episode redone. This was the only one that was new, which I thought was interesting. Almost like if you were to say it was cursed, maybe that's why it it, it you know, some people will say it was cursed. So if it was, maybe and you know the twilight zone has a curse to it. With like Rod Sterling going down from like I believe it was throat cancer or something like that. Like he was known for his voice, but he went down young. Well, he smoked like a chimney. Yeah,
3: yeah, he smoked all the time. Like yeah, even but like, on the show.
0: yeah, but like you know, you, you, people love to throw curses on it. And even once you once you throw a say something's cursed, you can build bad energy around that. If Ray Booten was here right now, he would be backing me up on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, like so. There's that vibe. I always thought that was weird that the only segment that was originally brand 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 new material was that um and that segment you know uh, starring vic moreau for anybody out there who is more famously known for combat um if i remember correctly i believe he had you know he had combat and he had a like a his career was kind of a big deal and then he He kind of fell into hard times. You know, I think him and the bottle had a friendship for a while. And then he cleaned it up and he eventually came back into the game. And this was like his big return, if I remember correctly. And if I remember correctly from the book, it even talks about how the agent, he talked to the agent and the agent told him, or he told the agent like before doing the shoot that he was like real nervous about it. And the agent was like, are you going to start turning down work now? now that you start getting it, and he was like, no, and he went out and did it, like, he, that's when he died type shit. But, um, so uh, Vic Murrow plays a character, very Archie Bunker-like character, who you know, he, he he's like a racist character, he shows up to um, a bar, um, there's some black gentlemen behind him and his friends, and there's an altercation, and you know, they really sell the fact that he's a racist character. So when he leaves the bar, he goes out, and the Twilight Zone thing is he... Uh, he goes into a different dimension. Anybody out there that isn't familiar with Twilight Zone, it's all about, it's twist. M. Night Shyamalan before M. Night Shyamalan, twist endings and all types of weird shit. Long story short is he's kind of put into these situations where he's in Vietnam uh, and he's like a Vietnamese soldier and American troops catch him, and then you know that that's where this this happened. This segment happened. And There's another segment where he's like down south, and he's like a black gentleman, and the 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 Klans after him, and they, and they kill him. You know what I mean? And there's another one where he's in um, he's in Germany, and he's a, a Jewish Jewish man, and the the Nazis come and get him. You know what I mean? So it's all play on like that that racial that racial hate and the the all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's like the climate of it. So that's why there would be Vietnamese kids there. So I can't, you know, but who's to say if they were like, you know what I mean? Brought in like, because maybe, maybe if, if something like this did happen, you know what I mean? Then it wouldn't have been under the rug. I know before we started the show, somebody else made a comment of, um, you know, if, if, we didn't have a big actor die with it. Would it be as big, yeah. big news? You know what I mean. What do you guys think about that? If it was just the kids, do you think they would have
3: brushed it under the rug? Uh, I I I wish I would say uh, no, but I do think. I mean, the thing is that with, like I said, it, the whole situation just sounded kind of you know hinky to me, and yeah. and the fact that if if the children were the only ones that died and not the biggest uh, star, I I think, I mean, the thing is, uh, I I would be afraid that uh, it probably would have not even made it to the media, especially uh, especially with, and one of the big things that uh, came up uh, when I was checking out was a lot of people were, because Steven Spielberg was a producer on this, I believe, the and producer. there was, yeah, and there was a talk whether he was actually on set, and he said he wasn't. He was away from set, so I. Mean, there was a lot of questions whether he was actually on set or whether he wasn't. And so um,
0: yeah, so you don't think that, so? Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah so, I mean, I don't think it would have. You guys
0: think?
4: I don't think it would have been. I feel like if it happened today, and it wasn't, you know, it was just the two kids that died that it would be big news but i'm not so convinced that it would have been that way in
0: 1982 yeah no i agree no, sean what except...
3: do you think about that yeah they, i mean if it was just the kids there's no way it would have seen the light a day not with that many high profile people no fucking way
0: especially with the fact they know they weren't supposed to have the kids yeah. there to begin with I mean, I, I too, I would... like. Yeah. why were those kids chosen
4: like why were those kids chosen in the first place like what was the mo like because i'm sure the parents were probably aware of the fact that it wasn't supposed to be happening right so like right. they probably like found these kids kind of last minute um you know they probably like the parents probably needed the money badly or the kids need you know whatever it may, you know, uh, yeah, whatever it may they- have been like they may have already been in need so yeah say if this had happened in, the, in 1982 i feel like there would have been a like a payout and then not to mention too like the fee- they probably would have been able to suppress this a lot easier because they would have been able to control footage out. Like the footage probably wouldn't have been released,
0: uh, mm. you know, because it wouldn't have been I, um, such a big profile thing. To, yeah. To go with what you just said before I lose train of thought of it, because I have kind of a film perspective of this. Um, you're right. Like the these child actors, realistically, uh, Micah, Din Lee and Renee Shin Yi Shen. If they were really pursuing acting, they would have. And this isn't a hateful thing, but they would have gotten more Americanized names. And hawk. Am I wrong with saying that? No, I'm not, motherfucker. No. They would have. They would have gotten more American. <laughs> if they were trying to have acting careers for real, for real, uh, you know, even 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 big superstars that have complicated names switch their names up to shit that's more catchable on the tongue, and you know, it flips off the tongue easier. So, like, I do kind of find it that with them not having I don't know, more common acting names, that could be just me being crazy, but I feel like they, that is more of a just kind of, who who could we just get to do this and yeah, it right. not be an issue type
4: thing. I mean, yeah. how do we know that this wasn't someone's fucking neighbor? You know what I mean? Like, this wasn't some crew person. Like, this could have literally been, like, the makeup I, I, dude's fucking neighbor. You know what I, I mean?
0: I... When you when you see the parents, the vibe you get is yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Is this was like catering's cousins? You know what I mean? Like there's something, there's a vibe you get to it where it's like they're just, or like they they were fans for the day. They were from the fan club. and thought it was the luckiest day of their <laughs> life. You know what I mean? It's like, but they're just they're literally there's no rhyme or reason for them to kind of be there.
4: Because I mean, had these children actually been. I mean, like you said, pursuing a career in acting or whatever it may be, but, like, regardless, like, there would have been some form – like, they would have probably been like, no, like, we want to have, like, certain safety, you know, especially in a scene that, like, you know that there wasn't no risk involved here. Like, it wasn't like this was just – this wasn't just safe in any way. I mean, you have a fucking helicopter flying above you. I mean, what could go wrong? (laughs) Like, that – so, I don't – that's – I mean – so yeah, I mean these definitely it seems like this is the way that these kids were acquired in the first place just seems super sketchy. The yeah. fact that it's like I mean they knew what they were doing was illegal. They knew what they were doing was, you know, was was beyond I mean beyond it was just repulsive. It was wrong. Shouldn't yeah. have happened. I mean they weren't going to use someone whom they respected. You know, they just they 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 wanted somebody who they could hush with money. If they needed to, you know?
0: The Hollywood thing, this was the first kind of real Hollywood trial, even though it wasn't glamorized during the media. Like that, this was really kind of the first time Hollywood went on trial. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to dive a little bit into kind of the story just so everybody can get a vibe for if they don't know. So how do we go? Uh, On July 23rd, 1982, a Bell UH one, a Rockois helicopter crashed at the Indian Dunes in Valencia, Santa Clarita, California, during the making of the Twilight Zone movie. The crash killed three people on the ground and injured six helicopter passengers. Those killed were actor Vic Moreau and child actor, actors Mika Din Lee and Rini Shin Yi Chen. The incident led to years of civil and criminal action, and was responsible for the introduction of new procedures and safety standards in the filmmaking industry. Um, so that's kind of what we're dealing with here. Um, in the background, the film featured four sequences. In the the script for the first segment, um, we know about this with the you know the the you know playing all those different. Uh, racist type characters and such But director John Landis violated chi- The child's labor law Which is interesting you know In the trial um, He's like Super they 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 pled guilty to that Breaking breaking that law which not they were all looking, They were looking at six years all of them I think it was Landis the executive producer Like the effects technician Guy and I think the helicopter dude Um helicopter, yeah, And um Six years and they got off on it, but I mean, there's footage of it. And Landis goes out there and goes, "Hey, we broke the law." He goes, "We had kids there when we weren't supposed to be there." I don't know how they didn't get him on that. Like nowadays, I feel like if he if he if, if he did if he said that, they would have just ended it right there and been like, "All right, you're wrapping wrap up."
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I and again too, I feel like if these kids were white, it would yeah, have been different yeah. too.
0: Well, what, in this time? Yeah. I
4: think, like, more so in that time. Than, than I today. definitely
0: agree more so in that time. And I do feel like, you know, um, that they would you know, when you're talking about making films as cheap as possible, like, if you get people, look, like if you got to pay, you know, an American Union person, uh, you know, like, 50 bucks to be there you know what I mean you can pay somebody a buck to be there you're going to pay and you need you need a room full of people you're going to pay the, a buck people a buck to be there you know what I mean same way like in construction and you see it in landscaping and every other like physical labor type deal out there you know what I mean it's like whoever, whoever is willing to work for the cheapest amount of money is where they're going to go so to speak whether they want to work for that cheap amount of money or they're working because they know that's how they're going to get the job, you know what I mean, by working for that cheap amount of money. But I do think, that I'm with you on that, I do think that it's more a more case of that. I'm with you on that. You know, it's very, that's kind of a crafty, kind of sly, weird element to it that I didn't, originally, I didn't pick up on the element of that, of, you know, did they really go looking for um, kid? They didn't do the, the they knew what they were doing was super dangerous. We're going to get a little deeper into that, but they definitely knew that they were fucking, they were like on the line of like some serious problems and they kept pushing and pushing and pushing because they didn't think anything was going to happen. And then something happened. So like, it's very possible that knowing that they were trying to get this outcome and speculated that people said that Landis was trying to outdo Spielberg in a way, like he really wanted to try and show Spielberg up. Or maybe show Spielberg's you know his investors show, show Spielberg up to his investors to get some of that Spielberg money uh, Just Landis is a dude that all you know he's always kind of jumped around with financially you know being able to make certain things and not others um, but you never know so we'll jump back in here. Uh, the children were hired after Peter Wea Ta Cheng, was Renee's uncle was approached by a colleague whose wife was the production secretary for the film. Chen first thought of his brother's six-year-old daughter, Renee, whose parents agreed to let her participate. He then called the Vietnamese colleague, Daniel Lee, who had a seven-year-old son named Micah. Micah was an outgoing boy who enjoyed posing for pictures, so his parents thought he would be interested. Chen later testified that he was never informed that neither of the children would be in uh, the proximity of the helicopter or the explosives. So right there tells you kind of what the deal is with, uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the, how they came into the mix, which is good. Um, the Latin Chen were being paid under the table uh, to, to get away from the child, California child labor laws, which did not permit children to work at night. Landis opted not to seek a special waiver either because he did not think he would get permission for such a late hour or because he knew that he would not get approval i have young children in a scene with large number of explosives. The casting agents were unaware that the children would be involved in the scene. Associate producer, George Folsley Jr. told the children's parents not to tell any firefighters on set that the children were a part of the scene. And he hid them from the fire safety officer who also worked as a welfare uh, worker. The fire safety officer was concerned that the blast would cause a crash, but he not, did not tell Landis, of his concerns. He probably should have told them of his concerns, but them sneaking those kids, what do you think about them sneaking those kids around? That's fucking what, that is yeah, trouble. I mean, that's trouble. That's
3: shit right there. Dude. Yeah,
0: that's very problematic.
4: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I think like, of course, it's, it's, it's just like, I hate, to, I, you know, again, like I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not trying to be like a social justice warrior here in any way. I'm just saying that if this is a a rich white guy who fucked up bad, knew that he fucked up bad, did everything, did everything wrong, is super guilty, like expresses his guilt as clear as day and then just like walks free. Yeah. And and I feel like I feel like it has. I feel like it does really like I feel like it has so much to do with the political and like social climate at the time. And it's like so, so sad. You know what I mean?
0: It is. And stardom. It was like the real beginning kickoff times of superstardom.
4: And I mean, this isn't, this isn't even just like a, this isn't like a, this isn't even like a race thing. This is just like a rich white dude thing. I mean, look at, um, Harvey fucking wants that. Like, look at all of this stuff that's, hit, that's, that's blowing up the past couple of years. Right. Like yeah. we're, we're kind of, we're getting to the point now where it's like, people are finally saying like, all right, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're a piece of shit. You might, you're, there's a chance you
0: might go to jail, you know? Well, the and true, like, the true divide isn't rate isn't color it's financial status is the true real divide you know what i mean between people
4: yeah, yeah i mean that but that's what i'm getting at like we're finally kind of getting to the point now where yeah it doesn't matter how powerful how rich and powerful you are you yeah. know if, if you make it if you make it if you piss off enough people bad things might happen and I mean, back then it was again it was just easier to kind of make these things disappear or like just get away with it
0: somehow, yeah. I don't know, you know, it's just, uh, I pressure. think it, yeah, I agree, I, I think it, I mean, I do think that they can, you know,
4: it just bothers me I that there's kids ma- involved, you know,
0: yeah, I think it's just a matter of, um, it's more of just a cutting corners issue, I think, I think it's more of that, and, um, you yeah, well, I mean, oh, after reading this yeah. thing about a friend of a friend right there, how they, you know, it, it said that it was more of that and more like they didn't, they weren't just going, they weren't just showing up at Home Depot with a, with a pickup truck, you know what I mean? Not one of those, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It wasn't, they actually said, hey, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, well, we know this person and that person. That's how it went down. It wasn't like they weren't just looking and said, let's just find these people, you know, that are just anywhere that we, and if they die, they die. I you know I don't feel that way anymore after reading where they came from.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I mean, it's it's obvious with at all first, the. Uh, I
0: did though. I I got the vibe at first. Sorry,
3: Huck. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's obvious that you know when I mean doing film while uh, whether it's big budget or low budget, I mean you always look in the dry cut corners. Um, but I mean, the thing is that when you are doing such a big uh, project like that and you're dealing with helicopters, pyrotechnics, and all that, you have safety measures and you have safety people, you have firemen on set for a reason. Okay? Now, the thing is that you can, you know, try to be as, as safe as possible, but the danger is always there. And the fact that, you know, they, uh, he did everything in his power to hide the fact the children were there and all that. I mean it was I mean, if it was obvious that it was just it wasn't gonna end well because of everything that he did to, you know, circumvent you know, the safety measures that were in place. I mean when when you go out of your way to do that, you know, karma's a bitch. Karma's gonna Get you for, and and that's what happened.
0: There's, there's and, also yeah. There's also a second side to that sloppiness too, where you also have that behind the scenes stuff. But Landis, you know, John Landis, and I'm a fan of John Landis as a filmmaker. All right, me and Sean got to see John Landis at Rock Shock many years ago. Do you remember that, Sean?
4: Yeah, you. And, and uh, uh, yeah, TV. he was a
0: nice, you know, he was a nice guy and all that. And uh, like, so I don't want to bash the guy. But like, you know, he did, he does come off like very kind of cold to the situation. And I understand it's fucking horrendous on his life. You know what I mean? But it's like the way he comes off is more like he's worried about his career than the people that passed. That's at least the way it looks. Um, But um, like I was going to say, with what you were saying where you got the producers and all them hiding them, there's everybody on that crew, uh, was witnessed and testified that Landis was right there telling people, you know, I want more, I want more, I want more, to the point where, and and, and there's people, there's, there's a- accounts of people saying, if we do this, it's going to be dangerous. And him getting on the microphone and being like, I don't care, do it. Like he was crazy. Um, I think uh, you ain't seen nothing yet, I think was a quote, a famous quote that he threw out when somebody told him, um, this is getting, like, out of control. And he went, you ain't seen nothing yet. It was like... So when you're the acting that fucking crazy and out of control, like, that's a problem, too. You know what I mean? And that... Yeah. I think that both of those things, there's negligence on the set of both hiding and putting them there, and then the fact that the director was so fucking crazy about it. And I don't know if he was fueled by fucking substances or what, but he was like... he The, the vibe that I was catching from... What I was reading and, and watching about him on that is he was, um, and I and I've seen him in interviews and stuff, and I could definitely see he comes off like a dude that would be if he want like if he wants something, like he almost comes from that type of Hollywood that's like sport that spoiled type of Hollywood, where It's like I want it like I, I, it's mine like there's no reason why I can't have this like why am I not having this you know what I mean so like I can. I can see like him being super fucking difficult. And when you're on a film set like that, you're, you're worried about their next gig. And this is a big director. You're going to want to work with him again. You're not going to want to be the dude that goes, nah, I'm not giving you what you want. Like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Cause you know, you're, it's going to be get off my set. Nah, I never want to fucking see you again. Mm-hmm. They'll blackball him. And they'll say he was fucking trouble on the set. You know what I mean? Crazy politics. So like, it's a very tough place for a crew person to step in. I'd almost even say it's almost a tough place for a producer to step in when you have a director like that. Cause like, you're going to want the best as a producer, you're going to want the best outcome. And it's all, everything's all fine and dandy when nobody's fucking dying and getting decapitated, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then shit, shit, happens. And let's get, let's get into some shit that happens. So the film and location was a ranch, uh, Indian Dunes, uh, on the and that w- it was used throughout the nineteen eighties in film and television. You know, shows include The Color Purple, Escape from New York, classic, MacGyver, China Beach. The location was within thirty mile zone. It's a wide open area, permitted more and it permitted more uh pyrotechnic effects. And it was uh it was possible to shoot at night without city lights visible in the background. Uh, The Indian Dunes is 600 acres. It also featured a wide topography of green hills, dry desert, dense woods, and jungle-like riverbeds along the Santa Clara River, which made it suitable for uh, double for locations around the world, including Afghanistan, Burma, Brazil, and Vietnam. The night scene called for Moreau's character to carry the two children out of the deserted village and across a shallow river while being pursued by American soldiers in a hovering helicopter. The helicopter was piloted by Vietnam War veteran Dorsey Wingo. During the filming, Wingo stationed his helicopter 25 feet from the ground while hovering near a large mortar effect. He then turned the aircraft 180 degrees to the left for the next camera shot. The effect uh, was detonated uh, while the helicopter's tail rotor was still above it, causing the rotor to feel and detach from the tail. The low-flying helicopter spun out of control at that time. Morrow dropped Chen into the water, and he was reaching out to grab her when the helicopter fell on top of him and the two children. Morrow and Lee were decapitated by the helicopter's main rotor blades, while Chen was crushed to death by the helicopter's right uh, landing skid, all three died instantaneously. At the trial, the defense claimed that the explosions were detonated at the wrong time. Randall Robinson was an assistant cameraman on the board uh, the helicopter aboard on board the helicopter, and he testified that production manager Dan Allingham was told Wingo. That too much. That's too much. He told the dude, that's too much. Let's get out of here. When the explosions were detonated, but Landis shouted over the radio, get lower, get lower, get lower. Robinson said that Wingo tried to leave the area, but we lost uh, our control and regained it. And then I could feel something let go. And we began to spin around in circles. Steven Leidecker, also camera operator on board, testified that Landis had earlier shrugged off warnings about the stunt with the comment, we may lose the helicopter. See, that's fucked up. Like that. Now that's a problem. You know yeah. what I mean? Like saying, like being so open, like as a filmmaker myself, dude, I wouldn't even jinx the production with the fucking joke like that. If like, we could lose, you know what I mean? Yeah. Very weird. I think he's just, I don't know. I don't know. I think this dude, had, w- w- this was after he had those three, gig- he had animal house blues brothers and fucking um, blues brother. What's was his other jacket? Gig- oh, uh, American werewolf in London. Yeah. These those 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 are fucking legendary three films, and then this happened to him. And that you know those first three films are probably his best. Then he goes into like his mid career after the tragedy, and then he you know teetered off. But um, yeah, like this, it's I'd be wonder I'd be very curious. You know, I know he's very he 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 says, and he, you know, and it is. It's definitely like a you know fucking gigantic. I don't know what you'd even want to call it being respectful. You know what I mean? But it's definitely like a situation within uh, that that changes things. Um, And he was going super heavily good up until this. But uh, who's to say? Uh, What do you guys think about the whole accident within itself?
3: Yeah, it's something that could have been avoided, you know.
0: Did anybody get a chance to see it? It's it's like one of the only video death videos still on YouTube. I, re- I just came to realize what I was researching. I thought it would have been taken down. You don't really see anything really gory, but like you see you see what used to be a human before they turn into liquid type deal, you know.
4: Yeah, I saw it.
0: It's crazy, right?
4: It's, uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, the music, like the sound effects, though, the like the person terrifying. who put the music on, like, I don't know why they do that shit, you know? It's already, like, it's already <laughs> sketchy enough, and then they throw the I fucking know. music on <laughs> there, and you're like, come on, you know?
0: That music is horrendous. It's I think like, I even uh, turned the that volume down.
4: It reminded me of fucking Sinister. Like, yeah. I like the movie Sinister, but the music, the soundtrack's terrifying. The yeah. soundtrack's scarier than the fucking movie is. That's a good thing. But, good um,. Soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. This whole thing's just crazy. I didn't even know that this happened. And like, I, I mean, I'm much too young to even really like, I've seen this actor before. Like when I looked this up, I've like, Oh, I've seen him in something. I just don't, I can't recall what it is. Like his, his older self was very like, I was very familiar with that. But Um, yeah, I didn't even know that this happened. I mean, I didn't even know that they made a Twilight Zone fucking movie.
0: Oh, man, you it's actually a good movie, too. We recommend watching it if anybody wants to watch it. Um, yeah, the
4: the situation's crazy. Like, I can't, it's, uh, it's, it's something that, like, I can't, I think the only way to explain it is somebody who has such a puffed up ego that they, like, lose all sense of control. No, like, no, like, you know, like they just don't care. They don't care about others. Like all they, all that guy was thinking about was if everything doesn't go to shit, my career is going to improve. Like that's the only thing that that guy had in mind. It was like, I don't care what happens to the, you know, I obvious, I don't even, I don't, you know, who knows if he even said that. I don't care what happens to these people. I doubt it. But I mean, he was consistently just thinking about himself the whole time. And I think it's easy like when you're that narcissistic and then you have a bunch of people blowing fucking air up your ass. I think that like, it's, it's really easy to just disregard other people. And I mean, even afterwards, like you were saying in the trial, he didn't seem super like upset about it. He was just kind of whatever. I think it just goes to show like for him, I feel like he genuinely convinced himself that he wasn't to blame. Like, even like his wrongdoings, his like manipulations and his like of everything, yeah, wasn't the cause of it it was just at the end of the day for him, it was an accident it was an it was an unavoidable accident, it happened, and you know what I mean, and the public yeah. wrong
0: well i could I can devil's advocate, and you know obviously like what I think to be. Anybody who's, like, looking at it with, like, you know, regular human eyes, you know what I mean, like, what what it is, but I can almost see, like, in his, what you're going with in his mind is it's like, oh, we well, you know, we do what we have to do to get these movies made and, you know, to make them look so great, you know, um, and you got to push, 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 push type deal. And, you know, that's the approach that he did. It was just, you know, you you do what you got to do type deal. So that's what he was thinking. But, you know, I know Spielberg, who produced it, had, uh, you know, he, from what it says, it says that the relationship between Spielberg and um, Landis fucking deteriorated during that because there was different approaches where Landis was like, notably, they said that he was very like, he didn't show no remorse um, in the in, in in the courtroom, and he had more of them. He was very and, and when you if you go look at him coming out of the courtroom, you can see the interviews with him, and he he is very like that. He's he's very more concerned with kind of his career than what happened. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think there there's that you know and the whole the spill. It's it's weird. You know what I mean? But he does play that part, and if he if he was more sincere then yeah, like, it would be, I think, I, I think it did hurt him. I think it, overall it did yeah. hurt him. I
4: mean, that's the, that's the thing, like, in this situation, if he was just like, more compassionate, I think, like, if he had just said, okay, like, yeah, I fucked up really badly, I was really, you know, and he took blame, and like, yeah. you know, he was on camera, like, expressing grievances and stuff, I feel like that would have benefited, even if he was just bullshitting it to the world, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like, He's like, he snapped at a few lawyers while on the stand being questioned. um, Like kind of in the, you know, I I'm grieving, like I'm grieving. Like, don't give me a hard time. I'm going through this too, which I mean, he kind of is. So who's to say, you know, there was something that was speculated that I don't know if it was true, but one of the lawyers did say that when the family took the stand, when the parents actually took the stand that Landis left the courtroom and he gathered in the back outside with celebrity friends that came to show him support and that when the family was supposedly talking about what happened um he was out kind of shaking hands conversing thanking people for like coming by and stuff which i almost wonder like if it's a, it's a dark such situ- a weird thing like you know people that come to support you in a situation like that like you got to be somewhat grateful to them you know what I mean so like what he his his showing thanks could have came off in a weird way i you know I won't say that that's not a possibility but um I do think it's it's weird like and his celebrities were coming to the trial um you know they uh, there was speculation that he people thought that the jury kind of let him go because there was so the fact that, there, that he was a big celebrity and they were all enamored by him and all that and there was a um there was a lawyer that said that there was a, a sheriff that showed up on the scene they said the the sheriff that showed up they said they, they were dealing with a, a bag of heads one moment and the next moment um they were just the only thing that they cared about was just making sure that they got a copy of a death certificate like not a death certificate a copy of some type of letter with Steven Spielberg's autograph on it so like <laughs> They did. They cared more about like the that <laughs> than like what they were they to do. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the whole crazy. It's the fucking old things like creating the Hollywood thing. And then there was a weird speculation um, that that was going around between the jurors, and this was a legitimate thing. Is that there was some type of somebody put this in the air, and it could have been Hollywood that Landis was going to be making a film about the trial and when that he was, he was making notes in a notebook about certain jurors and they thought that he was going to actually cast them to play themselves in the movie. That's something that was like floating around for real, supposedly um, amongst jurors. Like that was rumor around. So like, and I, do I think Hollywood would put that in one of their ears to let that grow? Of course I think they would. Cause they would. They're trying to get that dude off because not only is John Landis fighting for his his career and his life, but all the people that invest into him and his films and they're building like they're they're building yeah. the brand to make money with him. Those people are invested for him not to fail. They care more about the money, their money invested in him than actually him. Like if he fucking died after the trial, they'd be like beautiful. You know what I mean? They yeah, don't God, care about yeah. him. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he had, he had those crazy, dark people working with them. What do you guys think about that?
3: Yeah. I mean, the thing is that I think you're yeah, yeah, right on that. I mean, I wouldn't put past, you know, those who worked with Landis and had a lot, you know, tied up with him too, but the uh, little bug in the ear of the jurors too, uh, because – I mean, like you said, with the sheriffs, you know, they, they were more interested in trying to get a thing signed by Steven Spielberg. And that's the problem when you, you, you deal with, you know, a fame and famous people, is that uh, a lot of people can very easily be kind of seduced by it, even, even the fact of just being near someone that has fame. And people use that pretty much as a weapon, especially the elite. Uh, they use that as a weapon to, you know, get what they want, uh, get away with things. I mean, that's probably why John Landis thought, you know, when he was saying, you know, do it lower and, you know, I don't care, bigger explosions that, you know, in his mind, he, he was the biggest thing and that, you know, nothing's going to touch me. And this is going produce? to be my great opus. And yeah, and the thing is, when you get, you know, to kind of like that level where, you know, you're on top of your game, everyone's, you know, you start cutting corners, you start, you know, believing the hype in yourself. And then you keep on pushing it. And then, you know, something like this happens. And, and the fact is that, you know, because of you know of so many people you know in hollywood at that time was so tied into john landis's career his money making potential that they i mean like we said earlier that if the two kids were the only ones that died it would have been just swept underneath the rug and no one would really know much about that but because you had a known actor someone that has you know if he disappeared people would be asking about so they had to you know come clean about this yeah. i mean if they could have just swept all those buddies underneath the rug and you know just forget about it they would have i mean that's how i feel about it
0: yeah you know it's one of those weird deals the demon seed maybe he made yeah, a pact I mean- with the devil and the, the Antichrist was born in Maximilian Landis, his son, who's a demon running around doing demon things. Yeah. All right, so the investigation in October 1984, the National Transportation Safety Board reported the, on the accident. The probable cause of the accident was uh, the detonation of debris laden high temperature special effects explosions too near a low flying helicopter leading to the foreign object damage to one rotor blade and delimination due to heat to the other rotor blade. The separation of the helicopters tail rotor assembly and the uncontrolled descent of the helicopter the proximity of the helicopter to the special effects explosion was due to the failure to establish direct communications and coordination between the pilot who was in command of the helicopter operation and the film director who was in charge of the filming operation. I mean that on paper, I mean, that's pretty much what happened. You know what I mean? Um, the federal aviation administration, the FAA had just, in. uh, Jeff just, just instituted regulations in March that the year uh, to define how aircraft were to be regulated during film and television productions. New regulations, however, only covered fixed wing aircraft and not helicopters. As a result of the fatal accident, the National Transportation Safety Board Uh, recommended that the terms be extended to apply all types of aircraft in response to the FAA um, order 8440.5A chapter 14, section five to clarify. And I had that all memorized guys and to clarify and emphasize that the helicopter low level movie making operations do require a certificate of waiver. This language was officially incorporated in 1986 so i think that he just got in by the skin of his teeth on this law and that loophole is what helped them get out of it and if this law if this happened in 87 instead of 82 it would have been a would have been a bad bad time worst time for him you know what i mean but i guess through that they found out they found out the issue and fixed it so people have to know it's it's one of those things there's still you know the the we still deal with we hear about weird things all the time there was the um like a year or two what was it no more than that now do you remember what that was hawk with um the doobie brothers movie um there was um,
3: uh i forget
0: i think her name was sarah i forget her last name Um, But it was there was a production assistant. They were making a Doobie Brothers movie. Um, There was a scene with a a bed on a railroad track. Okay. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. It was nobody train or something like that. So nobody thought
0: nobody thought it would be a good idea to actually find out what time the train ran. So while shooting this movie, the train came and crew was up on this bridge and they tried to lean as much as they could, I guess. And one of the production assistants got sucked up in the train. And um, it was, like, a big thing about how people really need to, like, be safer on set. So, like, this stuff hap- – every – this happens, like, it, it's reoccurring. You know, people will get a slap on the wrist, and they're safe for a while, and then things get sloppy. But it's much like everything, you know what I mean? It's just kind of the way things are, you know. Um, the aftermath of this incident in particular – uh, led to a civil and criminal action against the filmmakers, which lasted nearly a decade. Um, Lee's father, Daniel Lee, testified that he heard Landis instructing the helicopter to fly lower. All four parents testified that there, they were never told that there would be helicopters or explosives on set. I could see that. I can see them not telling them that to work because they figured that would make them worry, obviously, or want more money, um, mainly want more money. Uh, and they had been reassured that there would be no danger, only noise. Uh, Lee survived the Vietnam War and immigrated with his wife to the United States, and he was horrified when the explosions began on the Vietnam uh, Vietnamese village set, bringing back memories of the war. You know, that'll do it. I think they, I think they tried to say also that the helicopter, who was a Vietnam veteran, that he wasn't expecting that and when the, the mortar thing went off the mortar went off so close to him that it like gave him kind of a it stirred him up uh landis folsley wingo uh, production manager allingham and explosive specialist paul stewart were tried and acquitted on the charges of manslaughter in a nine-month trial in 1986 and in 1987 uh, morrow's family settled within a year uh, the children's family collect a million dollars of uh, several civil lawsuits. Now, there is something that I wanted to say that I never even read that I found out during this. And you guys might find is a fun little fact. But do you know that daughter, do you know who the daughter of Vic Moreau, one of his daughters that got some of that money was? That was 20 years old at the time.
2: Mm-mm. you know Mm-mm.
0: that daughter is Jennifer Jason Lee you guys familiar oh. from the Hitcher and from the Hateful Eight recently with, with Quentin Tarantino oh, yeah. I, I had no idea that was his daughter you know what I mean I thought that was uh, I was kind of blown away when I found that that shocked me that was one of the, the shocking things I found in this batch of research as a result of the accident second assistant director Andy House not to be confused with Andy Shedd, <laughs> had his name removed from the credits and replaced with the synonym... Did I actually the... say that? No, I, okay. that's my addition. Alan Smithy. Uh, people are very in the film world are very familiar with Alan Smithy. That's the credit you can put on the film when you are ashamed of that motherfucker. It was the first time that a director was changed, uh, was charged due to fatality on a set. The trial was described as long controversial and bitterly divisive screen actors guild spokesman Mark Locher said at the conclusion of the trial, the entire ordeal uh, has shaken this industry from top to bottom. Warner brothers set up dedicated safety committees to establish acceptable standards for every aspect of filmmaking from gunfire to fixed wing aircraft, to smoke, to pyrotechnics. I know, but there was the, of course, the crow incident, um, we had actress Kate Hodge on the show recently to talk about Brandon Lee uh, died making the crow because they put a fucking real bullet in the gun. Uh, that goes against the uh, rules as well, I believe. Um, <laughs> you know, so yeah, a lot of things changed with this, which I guess is a good deal. You know, I mean, it's unfortunate, but at least something changed. It could have, nothing could have changed. This could have happened 500 more times. You know what I mean? So I guess something good should have came of it. I wonder if they named it after the people that passed. They probably should have. They probably named it the John Landis bill or something fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Um, the Directors Guild of America's safety, as we said, you know, Filming accidents fell by sixty nine point six percent between nineteen eighty two and nineteen eighty six That's what happens when you see when, when one you, when when of your peers go on trial for their life. Uh, there were uh, still six deaths on set though interesting. Um, Landis spoke about the accident in a nineteen ninety six interview. He says there was absolutely no good aspect about this whole story. The tragedy, which I think about every day had an enormous impact on my career, from which it may possibly never recover. Someone should kick him in the fucking balls for saying that. What a dickhead thing to say. And his his career never did recover, but fuck him. That's fucked up. Even if you felt that way, you should never publicly say something like that. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. Filmmaker Steven Spielberg co-produced the film with Landis, but he broke (laughs) off their friendship following the accident. Spielberg said that the crash made me grow up a little more, and left everyone who worked on the movie sick to the center of our souls. He added, "No movie is worth dying for." I think people are standing up more, much more now than before, to producers, directors who ask too much. If something isn't safe, uh, if that's right, or a responsibility of every actor or crew member to yell "cut." It's funny that he says no movie's worth dying for. I know a bunch of actors that would die to beat a Steven Spielberg movie. What a, we- <laughs> what a weird coincidence. <laughs> what a weird catch-22. There might be one of them in-, in this chat right now.
3: I don't know who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah, you know, the aftermath, I guess some good came of it, which is nice. You know what I mean? Um I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not, what it, he was nice when I met him. He was very nice when, you know what I mean? And when I see him, he's very cocky in interviews and shit. But foul, dude, that's definitely not, he definitely comes off like someone who cares more about his, his, career. his career. It's a me, yeah. me, me thing. And that, it's definitely a Hollywood, it's everything we hate about Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like It's like you, you love these films from these people but you really hope they're not like this way and then you find out they're that way and it's like ugh, fucking horrifying. And his son's bad news too. I hate to be that, that that bringer of bad news but everybody knows that. He's got all his issues going on. Uh, I guess I don't know. The apple don't fall too far from the tree. Is that what they say. I don't know what the story is. But yeah, he's a Land, it, it, this was unfortunate. When I first found out about this, it was a very—I loved the film. I, I knew the film before; great film, and uh, you know the darkness of it, the other darkness, the other the other darkness of it all. But yeah, Sean, what do you think about this? Hearing about all this stuff, for the oh, Jeff, Jeff Barry, you said you heard about all this for the first time too. Yeah. What'd you guys think of this? taking this in for the first time.
3: I feel Landis should have handed himself differently. The way he went
0: about it. Absolute fucking scumbag in my eyes now. Yeah. It's terrible, dude. What do you think, Jeff Bear?
4: Yeah, I mean I, I I think that uh I think that he was irresponsible and narcissistic and uh yeah, I mean really in like layman's terms, just a huge piece of shit. (laughs) I second that. But I think that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. like these people, unfortunately, right? Like you, it's people like this where you wish you really like want to believe that there might be a hell, you know, because like, you know that they probably won't get what's coming to them Mm. on earth. Um, and like you want them to pay somehow because it's like, yeah, like these, it's not so much the actor himself. Like, um, you know, obviously that's, that's tragedy. I wanted to say this earlier. Like that's a tragedy, but when you're an actor, like you, I mean, I guess you're semi aware of the risks, right? Like I'm sure that he was aware that this was a, this, he had to have known that this was a semi, like this is a sketchy scene, you know, he, not to mention too, he's also being paid pretty well to take this risk. Yeah. And um, with the children, though, I feel like they were completely in the dark. I mean, they had no idea what was happening. They weren't benefiting from it at all. I mean, they were just doing it because they thought they were just helping out for the, you know, for the evening. You know what I mean? And it's it's just so that's what bothers me about it. I think if an actor, if an actor happens to die on set, it's, it's absolutely horrible. You know, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't want nobody would nobody would. Nobody wants to die at work, but. um...
0: Yeah. I mean, to go with what you're saying, it's like, I, yeah, they they all, they all died. So it's all tragic. You know what I mean? But you you know, you look at, you know, you think you you, you kind of put yourself in that situation now and it's like, you know, you know, now you think about it, you know, that there was a moment, like I said, there was a moment when Vic Moreau called his agent and said, I really don't want to be doing this. And his agent said, you really want to be turning down work. You know what I mean? Like, so he had that moment where he didn't want to do it, but he knew that he was, he, you know, he was just pulling himself back up from tough times. And, you know, Hawk knows this and, 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 and just from knowing, you know, you know, film stuff. It's like, if you're an actor that falls off, you climbing back up is very difficult. So the fact that he's on the climb, you know what I mean? He, he, he felt he had to do it, even if he felt it, you know, there's a good chance I might get fucking killed out here. He had to do it. You know, that's a tragic moment. And then on the flip side of the kids, they're they're, they're having fun. They were scared, man. They had to have been scared, like, just to to know. It was that It's a movie, but it was very real. Everything around them was very real. Another thing I want to say is, you know, think about the tragic moments that, the parents have to live with because you know that the, the parent was with that kid before that saying, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. They're not going to let you get hurt. This is a big movie. You know, that was being said. So for the kid, for a fucking parent to tell their kid that when the kid's afraid and doesn't want to do it, that's fucking horrendous. That's, that's why I lean towards saying Landis is a pile of shit. Cause I, you have those emotions and it's, and, He almost, who knows, who's to say if he came to grips and dealt with that him personally, nobody really knows how he dealt with it. Nobody knows how he really grieves, you know what I mean? But Uh on the outside, on the outer appearance, it looked like he was kind of a dickhead. It's just the way it is. And if he hates that, I'm sorry. I mean, you, that's the way that you came off, whether that's the way they made you look or the way you made yourself look. I mean, it, you know, it is what it is, dude. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, very tragic thing. There's definitely, there's de- to go, you know, just thinking about the fucking, the the, the trauma that those parents went through. I do, And that dude thinking about his career at any moment is fucking horrendous, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fucking people losing. They lost their fucking, their everything, their legacies, their fucking, <clears throat> it's dark.
4: Yeah, I mean, um, the, one of the big reasons why they probably came to the United States in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, to exactly, their uh, their horrendous,
0: exactly. <laughs> Fucking horrible, horrible.
4: Like they changed, they changed their, they, they changed their whole lives and like, and, and, and everything just to kind of ensure that their children wouldn't have to grow up in the same environment that they, you know, that they were forced to, you know, that they had to grow up in. Yeah, it's, 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 um, you know, I mean, really, like it, it's at the end of the day, like it's it's probably like this is like the Webster's dictionary fucking definition of tragedy.
0: They're st- they're standing on set watching watching John Landis tell their kid to fucking act more scared, and they're thinking, my kid's gonna be a fucking big star one day. You watch, look what we're doing. Look what we're doing for our kid. They're not even real. They're scared right now, but. When they grow up, they're going to appreciate that we fucking made them go through this because they're going to be fucking, they're going to be famous actors. You know what I mean? Fucking awful, dude. Terrible. That's the weirdness of life. That's how fucking wild life can be, though.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's crazy.
0: So I think that we kind of all can agree that, you know, slop of the set was fucking slop. They They didn't care. They were... And I'm, you know, maybe they aren't shitbag people, but they were definitely um, more focused on their uh, getting what they needed than being safe.
4: Well, I mean, or I more. feel bad. I feel bad too for like a lot of. For, I mean, I think that most of this blame falls on on this Landis character. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, like you know you were right like i mean of course like he puts a lot of pressure on people i mean he employs people like he everybody wants to impress him everybody wants to make him happy and like not to mention too like how 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 many times have you just done something you know because you're something demanded that you know whether it's job whether it's you know whether it's your job whether it's like you know whatever it may be in your life like you just know that you kind of have to do like, oh, like it might be a little dangerous, but I'll do it. You know, I, I, I got to right. do it anyway. And you just do it and you just in usually it goes really well. Like usually nothing bad happens. And you're like, OK, like I can take a deep breath like that was fun. But then like that one off chance where it does go to shit you know it's like you 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 continuously blame yourself like i would imagine that a lot of like the guys that were working on the set that day especially like because you know that he wasn't the one that fucking ran up and like checked on everybody oh yeah
0: right well he wasn't the
4: one that ran up like it was so those people like those are the people like that you could tell that they care you know what i mean like they were like holy shit like something just happened that's you know they run up and then they're traumatized i mean i'd imagine that that's horrible like to see something like that. You know? Oh, it's true. That's, I
0: mean, and even in that, vo- not to cut you off, but even in that footage you can watch on YouTube, like in the different angles, like after the incident, you see crew people run up and they have that, like, it's almost, not to be funny, it's almost like has that cartoon cartoon deal where, like, they screech dead in their tracks and they put their arms up, like, oh, to hide themselves from, from what they just seen because it was, like, horrifying. And when you, yeah, when you're running up on that and you, you start to see different people, you know parts of people bobbing up in the water that you were just talking to like fucking five minutes ago it's horrifying and with the crew and stuff you're right you know when kids are on set there's usually always people around them on the hollywood set there's the bad people around them but there's also you know people around them they're good folks who try to make them feel comfortable you know let them know it's all a movie let them know everything's fun everything's cool And, uh, you know, ADs and producers usually do stuff like that. You know, maybe, like, people that are, you know, makeup people or somebody just kind of waiting to do touch-ups or something. Um, They're usually good with the kids and stuff. So, like, yeah, you're right. Those people are fucking – there's probably people that never did movies again because of that, not because they were blacklisted. You know what I mean? Like, Landis was fighting for his career because he wanted to make movies again. There's probably people that stepped away and just said – Ah, uh, this isn't like what I signed up for. Like, I want to make good movies, but the fact that these people just died and it's being handled this way is like not what anything I want to be a part of. I'm sure a lot of people probably stepped away from that. That's weird, because then right there you're showing like the business is weird, anyways. Where if, like you're a film fan, you get into the business, you get there's a there's a jaded that comes to because you now you're seeing behind the scenes and you see how it goes and stuff. So like. I feel like if you were to get get to the level of it like they would be at, and then you see something like that, you'd be like, wow, like I don't even fucking want to do this anymore. Like like this is fucked up. Like that could have been me. That could have been my kids. And now they're trying to cover that up and act like fucking I'm spilled yeah. milk. You know what That's I mean?
4: Like the fact that they even released the movie, you know, after
0: all. Of oh, that it's movie like- was getting released. That was too big of a movie not to be released. But what's funny, not funny, but I believe every fucking frame of it, except for the actual death is in the film. Like I believe that them I believe them running through the I could be wrong, but I believe them run, him him running through water with them, is in the film. I know that they there was a, an ending that they changed because before the passing that they used him to change because the studios thought it was too dark. So like there is an alternate ending out there, but, um, but like, yeah, they just cut around the death. They cut around the death. I think they gave him a hard time in the trial. That's when he snapped. One of the times he snapped at him, I believe when she was like, she was like, have you seen the footage? Um, and he was like, I've, I watched it twice. And she goes, you only watched it twice. And he goes, it's a lot for me to watch. And then he, then he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, like, it's weird because it's, like, it's almost like you're pushing that, 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 pushing the fact that you're upset, you know what I mean, more so than being upset it kind of had that vibe of it. But, like, I don't know. You can never really say that because everybody's different. And somebody that could be showing emotion that you might think is coming off super fake, that just could be the way they show emotion. And that could be, you know what I mean? It's just the way it is, you know.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, you got, it's,
0: you got an opinion on that. I can see it in you. <laughs> no,
4: no, I, no, I have. Um, it's just like I was just thinking about something in regards to like how it's always unfortunate that somebody has to find the somebody will always find uh, the problems will always fi- you know find uh, whatever fuck I don't even know what I'm to, I don't even know what I'm <laughs> the problems the loopholes and shit the issues. Um, I'm just speaking craziness right now, gibberish, but yeah. like this particular instance with, uh, the helicopter and the explosion, stuff like that. And also, like, what was the other, uh, Bruce Lee's son? Troy, was it?
0: Yeah, Brandon Lee. Yeah. Brandon Lee, know. like
4: that incident, like as well, like it's unfortunate because somebody will always be, you know, there's always going to be a victim and then things change. Like things are things people will do things a million times and it will be like borderline fucking dangerous. And then yeah. like, oh, it didn't, nothing happen nothing happened, nothing happened. And then there's always that one person who has to pay the ultimate price for change. And that's the unfortunate thing about it.
0: Right. No, it's true. You're right. You know what I mean? It's, um... Yeah, Brandon Lee's a you know it's one of those things. The line that's there's accidents, you know. Their whole claim: accidents happen. I mean, it, it's true. Accidents do happen. They wanted to neglect the fact that they were being a little sloppy about things. They didn't want you to know about that, of course. But like, accidents... This is a, yeah.
4: This is a hard one to watch. I mean, I know you say that there's not a whole lot of stuff on YouTube anymore.
0: Yeah,
4: this is a guy who changed like the world of skiing. Forever, like he catches the he catches the thing, and then he gets up here and he sees like, oh shit, fuck, like Holy that shit. just happened. What,
0: what, what did he catch? What, what happened? So
4: his leg, you know, like how you know, like how they have the mesh fence. Yeah. So he was going about a hundred and like eighty. He was going like one hundred and twenty kilometers an hour with skis on, and one of his feet got caught in the in the orange fence. His his ski went through it and it yanked one leg in one direction and the, the other body went the other direction. Oh. What happened was he separated like his his uh groin separated and it like the bones broke in his legs and punctured his uh his artery and he bled oh. out and the he was like he he died that night in the hospital it was so sad.
0: Oh later that night he didn't die right then? Oh,
4: no, like he was doing it like they gave him like blood transfusions. Damn. Like up until like yeah,
0: dude, that, that getting ripped. That's he just got
3: ripped I'm up. I'm going to have half, nightmares dude. tonight. Thanks. That's like getting ripped,
0: dude. My my nuts are still fucking sh- fucking shivering and shaking in my pants just thinking about that. But that's the that's by. the thing.
3: That's like
4: what's so scary about it, right? Is it's like that's that was that was you just have somebody, right? Like they they're just doing a sport that they love to do. And then that happens. Yeah, like I think he was eighteen or nineteen years old.
0: Really, that's young. That sucks.
4: And like you're, you're like one. He was one of like he was gonna be Austria's like. I mean, he was such a great like skier. I guess like that's what my my uh, friend of mine showed me that, and I was like traumatized after I saw that because I mean I do road cycling and I'm like oh my god, dude, I don't want to see that shit, you know?
0: Yeah. But it's true, dude. It's nuts, uh, fuck, dude. That's I didn't even know that. Uh, that's that's what that's what fucking force can do to you, right there. That's yeah. when one leg wants to do one thing and the other leg wants to go. One leg wants to stay in for the for the night and the other wants to go out to the club. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though, dude. That sucks, that dude. <laughs> he fucking that is. And he just, like, he, he felt a burn. He was like, why is my fucking, why is my pinochle area feel like it's on fire? And then he looks, and it's just, like, <laughs> fucking blood, like a blood streak. Because the blood streak doesn't happen till after. And that's what a tear would feel like. It would feel like fire. It would feel like a burn. Um, I think her name was uh, Sarah Jones. I think was her name. remember correctly.
3: Uh, oh what the uh the PA the
0: uh the PA who passed away, yeah. I yeah. think it was the Sarah Jones. Uh,
4: there was a couple of these incidents, right? Like wasn't there
0: Well they happen every every like you know, they, it's one of those things every couple of years there something will happen. And because there's so much it's people getting sloppy and you know, they're having fun, they're not thinking about things, you know. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, there'll always be things. These, the, I think, these the people, the filmmakers from that actually went to jail. I think, I think they actually got. Uh, they had, to, they had to do the deed for that one. Which, hey, if you uh, you almost if you're gonna if you're gonna, that's the deal, you know. That's the deal. You gotta be. You gotta. You gotta. Yeah. You just gotta do it. You gotta be good. You gotta be a good boy, and good girl out there when you, when you, when you're dealing with people's lives. So yeah, yeah shit. Yeah, that that was a, no, that was no good for that too. Wait, was that on YouTube? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to watch that link again. Um, Dag Nabbit, shit. Well, so yeah. you know, you ain't seen nothing yet. The Twilight Zone tragedy, you know, it's a very thing. So with that being said, do you guys want to say anything else? You know, it's a, it's a weird, everybody knows who's to blame. I think a little, little little bit of everybody's to blame in this situation. I think it's pretty cold cut that it was a mistake. It was an accident. Yeah, but it could have been prevented. I think we're all in agreement with that. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Landis, you know, makes good films. Um, and I still like his films, even even some of the ones people would say that are bad. Like I said, I've met the gentleman before. Um, was a very good good guy when I met him. I got to hear a secondhand Alfred Hitchcock story. He told me and another gentleman uh, a story that Alfred a joke that Alfred Hitchcock told him. Um, I forget exactly the appropriate wording at this moment, so I'm not going to fucking murder it. But uh, it wasn't too crazy, but it was like a weird, uh, um, it was like a penguin, something about a penguin blowjob or something like that. It was a weird. I don't want to Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Where he's like, what can I get? He's like, asked how much a blowjob was, and he was like 20 bucks. And it's like, all I got is five bucks. What can I get? And he goes, you can get a penguin blowjob. And he goes, all right, I'll get a penguin blowjob. So then, they take they, they pulls his pants down, and then the girl goes down, and she she tickles his balls, and then she runs away and takes his money, and then he runs after her. But when he's running, he's got his his pants are his down, pants so running he's running his... like a penguin.
3: Yeah.
0: So that's the penguin blowjob. There's
4: and, actually a, a really interesting. Like, did you ever know that Alfred Hitchcock did a documentary on the during World War II on the Holocaust?
0: No. Did he cut? Did he hide it?
4: No, it's like, I don't know. It was like, so it was considered to be so graphic at the time that I don't think, I think it was very, yeah. Like, cause he actually went to like the U S he was along when the U S military, um, found a camp and he, he was like, they were the first people there. Like he filmed what he saw and they like, I think that they like tried to release it and people were just like so devastated because I mean, there was, it was brutal. Like you can watch some of it on YouTube
0: there's a movie I think called Night and Fog, or something Night like
4: Night and Fall, or something. Yeah, it was well, like twenty yet. minutes short film, right?
0: It's a short film, and it's Night uh, will fall. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a documentary, and it's, I remember it, there's a one shot where it's just uh, the camera pans across uh, just a pile of dead bodies. And they're all like starved and
4: fucking like yeah that was fired. that was like this this uh, I think Night Will Fall is like a short collection of like the bigger documentary because you can I think like on Daily Motion there's a fifty minute to an hour long documentary by yeah. Hitchcock but like yeah it was the Bergen-Belsen uh, camp in Germany. That they lived, the U.S. military like liberated and in, in like 1945 or something, and um, yeah, like he he was he filmed the the whole thing. Yeah, it's crazy. He got over is. there quick, huh? He
0: got over there quick.
4: He was he was probably yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he was doing like I don't know like what he started. That's that's interesting. I don't know if he started doing war corresponding.
0: Mm.
4: Like maybe he started his career doing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know Kubrick. a lot about Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah,
0: because Kubrick got his start doing photography, like for newspapers and stuff like that. So it's possible like, you know, more research and journalist type stuff. So, you know, back in the day, <clears throat> back in the day, if you wanted to be something like that, that's probably you know, photographer was your best bet to make money off of, you know, if you had ambitions to be like a filmmaker type deal. And I uh, eh? But yeah, I like Hitchcock. Hitchcock's good times. I'm happy I have that little John Landis Hitchcock story. Um, and like I said, I got respect for Landis. I like his films, and I, 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 I don't know where his head was at when he said these things. But he definitely came off in a negative way. It didn't, he did he? Definitely did not look good. And if he does fail, then his career is more important than people's lives, then I got to say, I got to say, fuck you to that, because that's, that's tough. That's, that's, that's fucking a tough one to try and get people to fucking believe on that one. That's, that's, that's scary. But so what do you guys think? Oh, we're wrapping it up right now. What, what's your guys' final opinion on the Twilight Zone movie tragedy?
3: Uh, well, I have to say that, the way it sounds like to me was uh, he was high on his own supply, that he was, you know, so wrapped up with his career with, you know, trying to make a big splash and all that. And, you know, he, he you know, you know, just didn't uh, give the attention to the risks that he should have. And because of that, unfortunately, three innocent people died. And, uh, the only thing I can hope is that, you know, he uh, finds some humility or something that like, re look in himself to, you know, realize that it was his fault that all of this happened and that, you know, he has to take responsibility whether, you know, it's, you know, spiritually or personal. But, I mean, the thing was that, everything that happened could have been avoided, but because of his choices, that's why it happened. And uh, sometimes when people get, you know, so wrapped up in, you know, fame and, you know, being successful and all that, you know, little things like, you know, oops, two kids died and an actor died, Eh, it happens, you know. I mean, that's the impression I get from this. And, and yeah, it's just, you know, when you're a director, when you're doing a film, the most important thing is those who are working for you because without them, you your success happens because of them. Right. And you have to take care of your crew. You have to take care of your actors. And when you start thinking that, it's all about you, and not about the people working for you. That's when tragedies like this happen.
4: Yeah, it's true, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I've been pretty hard on the guy the whole time, but um, yeah, I mean, I I would hope that I would hope, like, I wanna, I wanna think that he that he like struggled for a long time with this, and that you know, this was the way in which. And, like, not, no, not in, like, a, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you know should you be mean. punished kind of way. But, like, I don't know. I mean, some people deal with things really weird. I mean, he could have, he could have just, this could have been his, uh, his, his real, you know, his gen, his genuine, like, this could have been him feeling bad and, like, he was trying to, like, kind of keep up with that. Like he knew that maybe he had this persona to kind of keep up with and he wanted to, he wanted to have work be separate in a way. Like I'm still, yeah. you know, I'm a director. Like I'm moving on from this incident and that in my professional, in my professional life. But in my personal life, this kind of like still haunts me. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like maybe that could be, that could possibly uh, be one way to interpret it, but yeah. On the other hand, I, I really don't think that, I, I don't see how any person can, can, can be so negligent and so like blatantly just irresponsible for, for human life and then yeah. go on to, uh, just, you know, pretend like it didn't happen or pretend like it wasn't wasn't your fault and maybe and maybe like it wasn't entirely his fault you know what i mean i mean there was a there was probably that there was a bunch of different factors in play but i mean at the end of the day like it was his call it was his call to keep filming it was his call to like keep you know revving it up yeah.
0: like i yeah like i don't th- i can I, we can all agree i don't think if 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 somebody put the kids in front of him and said should these people die he would say no it's not like you know what I mean. And if they said, "Should these people die for the better of this movie?" I think he'd say no. But did he get a little sloppily and careless, and you know what I mean? And and, and things, an accident, you know, it made it left an open hole for a big accident to happen. Yeah. And I, I guess we really can't be too harsh on any any comments or quotes because, like that, you know, everything can be taken out of you know out out of context, and that him saying the thing about the career, the quite the actual question could have been, how do you think this has affected your career? And then he would say, you know, bah, 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 affected my career this way. Cause he's a smart dude. John Landis is a really intelligent dude. Like I listen, I've seen him interview fucking a billion times, met the dude. Um, I don't think he would just blatantly say something that fucking stupid. Unless I don't know. Um, it could have been taken out of context cuz he's he's regularly a super intelligent sounding dude even when he when he's talking with other other you know other folks of his his peers he usually comes off as a very intelligent guy um yeah so i don't know maybe it was taken out of context but I, we can all agree he you know he may he, he, he was he you know you can do whatever you want Nothing can happen to you. You're unstoppable. we got your back. We're going. We're taking over the fucking world. This is the way these people talk to each other and think, you know what I mean? Nothing, you know what I mean? Nothing can stop us. You know, and I don't think that they would, you know, nothing, I don't think it was an evil fucking plan of, you know, let's sacrifice these kids for, you know what I mean, for these people. Let's sacrifice this actor, these kids, for a successful movie to Satanus or anything like that. But I do think it was fuck we want this to look as better i want to be fucking i want everybody to love this movie i want when they watch the twilight zone movie i want them to say john landis's segment was the fucking better than everybody others i want to out spielberg spielberg in his own movie i want to make it large and fucking boom you know what i mean <laughs> um i think it was more of that and then it just got out of control and then when it was kind of reeling back in I think he knew he fucked up and he was kind of like, I think he put himself out of the situation, like you were saying, where he was hoping people could kind of look at him, per, the personal and the film thing. He was hoping people wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be, you know, that they'd be able to see the, the line wouldn't blur. Uh, but it, you know, it does, of course, it, it goes right into the, it is because people die. When people die, dude, life is brought into it. When life's lost, life is brought in. Um, but yeah, so I think that's the deal of it. It's just like, a yeah. Yeah, and I mean,
4: I think that the movie, like, I don't know how you, uh, maybe, maybe I don't know how you guys feel about it, but the movie, I'm sure, was probably, there was probably a lot of weird hype around it because of this, you know, because of this happening. And then I'm sure that it was probably like, you know, it probably contributed to some sales, I would imagine. Like, there was what, probably the, a lot of people F? that, yeah. Uh,
0: well, maybe because of the, the uh, maybe after the fact, this was kind of hush tush The film itself, you had Spielberg, you had Landis did a segment, Joe Dante did a segment from, you know, Gremlins and the Burbs. The director of um, Mad Max, Roy George Hill, I believe, or George Roy Hill, he did a segment. So this was like, yeah, this was definitely much anticipated. There is no way this movie was fucking not coming out. You know what I mean? There's no way that was happening. I, I the whole fucking if everybody on the set if 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 an explosion happened and everybody on Jan, Lan, on Landis's set including Landis fucking died that movie still would have came out you know what I mean I don't think anything would have stopped that that's a good question to look into movies that have been stopped over ultimate tragedy I don't know if there has been it's there's so much money behind them you know there's people putting up millions of dollars to make these movies and it's like they're not just gonna like take that fucking million dollar loss, especially when the, you know, especially when the millions they put in is gonna make a hundred million for them. You know what I mean? They're definitely not taking that hit because yeah, it might burden the film a little bit, but I don't think anybody. I think people, you're right, I agree with you. I think, you know, more people are gonna go see the movie and go, fuck, maybe they accidentally left that scene in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, weird people think stupid shit like that. <laughs> maybe they accidentally left the fucking murder in the movie. Yeah, maybe the fucking, maybe his head, maybe if we look close enough, we'll see Vic Monroe's fucking head in the background somewhere. Like, people actually think weird shit like that sometimes. So, I can agree with you that it probably did help sell some tickets, but I, that definitely wasn't the intention. You know what I mean? Yeah, no,
4: no, no. I mean, I wasn't even meaning like, I mean, yeah, like I'm sure people like that,
0: you know, exist, but... As
4: a, I kid, meant more, as a kid, I meant more like, think that. I meant more of like the fact that you'd just be like, oh, there's kind of like this weird kind of, uh, kind of ghostly aura now to this film. You know what I mean? Like you're seeing somebody who, I mean, these people died making this movie essentially. Like... And, and so it's super weird, right? Cause you see like throughout this whole, throughout his whole scene or where I don't, I haven't seen it. So throughout like his part, you have somebody who has no idea what's about to happen next. Right. And then it just like, it just happens, you know? So it's kind of, it's probably weird. Like there's probably a lot of people that, that watch the movie for that reason, like to see a man who has no idea that death's coming.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And he he gives a great performance. He 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 really does a great job with the role with the character. And it's a hard character to play because you're playing a despicable fucking person. You're playing a you know what I mean. Yeah, that's that's tough to have to. He might not even have wanted to play that. Like he's very racist and says fucking terrible things in it. I do think that he was. I really do think he was in a position where he couldn't choose. And they said, hey, we need an older white dude to play this fucking character. Nobody probably wanted to do it because they were literally playing a racist. And they were like, let's get fucking Vic Moreau to do it. He doesn't work anymore. And they they, they got him. And he was like, fuck, I need, I need work, man. This is a big film. Look at all these directors on this. Fucking John Landis directed, I'm the star of a John Landis segment. He just came from fucking those, you know, giant, you know, Animal House. He probably don't care much about America Werewolf in London, but Animal House and Blues Brothers were probably a big deal for fucking Rick Moreau could appreciate them. And he's probably like, shit, dude, yeah, I'll do this, or then maybe next thing you know, I'm in the next fucking John Landis movie. You know, Spielberg's giving me more roles, you know what I mean? So like you, um you know, you fall into like that. So that, that deal. So I think it's, I think he, the same way that you kind of look at the kids and say, you know, yeah, maybe, you know, they're kind of second-class citizens, if you will. Somebody they picked up and said, Hey, if they die, no big deal. I almost think they felt the same way about Vic Monroe in the same sense, but now not in the sense of dying, but they casted him because I don't think anybody really, that was kind of a role that was kind of uh had a little bit of a burden on it, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, like, maybe he was kind of second-class actor in a way, you know. He's somebody who fell out, and you know, and he knew he couldn't turn it down, dude. And he, like the the story goes with the agent, he didn't want to do that scene. That was something he felt he was worried about. He he had bad feelings about it, but he called up his agent, and his agent, who who gets paid off of him, tells him, "You got to do it." Because that agent, you know, he ain't got no money coming in from Vic. If he's got other, you know, clients, then he's got money coming in. But if he only had Vic, then he's going to fucking push Vic to fucking see if he can run and jump under a train while it's going, if it's going to get him some money. (laughs) Because agents look at their people like fucking, like, you know, me. Livestock. Livestock, like they don't. It's all a part of that weird miniature of the beast stuff. So there's a lot of weird things at play where there's a lot of people in positions of pretending to care all around the board. That I think a lot, a lot of, you know, like even Spielberg said, you know, it opened up a, a thing for cast and crew now that if they see something they think's uncomfortable, that they should call it out and say, yeah, hey, 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 hold up. Very beautiful thing to say. Like, like the logistics of somebody going. If somebody was on a Spielberg set and they said, hey, guys, let's fucking take a break for 20 minutes while we fix this, that dude would be getting ushered off of that set immediately. You know what I mean? So it's a very nice thought, what he said. And I understand why he said it to protect himself as well as to, you know, it's a good thing to say and everybody should attempt it. But it's one of those things that isn't quite in a big big set like that I guess it would might might not be as easy to do as said type situation but it should be because uh, there's a responsibility that should be upheld you know what I mean I know what I mean so with that being said folks you know we just we just kicked off a glorious another episode of behold you know what I mean um, to you know, I, a couple of years ago, I read a book called special effects on this situation written by Ron LeBrock, um, disaster at the twilight zone tragedy of the trial. Anybody's interested in this? I uh, want a little, learn a little bit more about it. I suggest picking up that book. You can probably find it cheap somewhere. Um, it is a little bit more about the trial than it is about the actual occurrence, but, uh, you can find a lot on the occurrence online, and like I said, even YouTube's got the death video out there still. So, go uh, go do your own research, and now while you're there, research BoomBastics Patreon. The Boombastic Streaming Patreon. I hear they got a lot of good things going over there. We also got the Boombastic Media YouTube page. We got Facebook pages for, for the Boombastic Media page and all the, all the fucking podcasts. This is one of four podcasts. We have two web shows. Uh, go check it out. Support. And uh, you can even support for no money. And then we know you love that. We know you guys and girls out there love supporting for no money. So that's what we're hooking up for you guys and girls. We're we'll letting you guys support for no money. We just want your time, which is the most valuable resource. You know what I mean. So, with that being said, we want to wish uh, rest in peace. You know what I mean to Vic Moreau and um, to the children, Micah Din Lee, age seven. She went out that's young, and, and Rini Shin Yi Chen, age six. You know, rest in peace. Vic was fifty three. You know, still young, fifty-three still young, but um definitely lives that had more living to do, so very tragic. And um uh, let that be said, we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Behold a Pale Podcast.
2: Landis and four assistants finally went on trial in July, with the government charging that they did not take all reasonable precautions, but deliberately put the actors in a perilous situation. In his opening remarks, Landis's attorney said those killed in the accident and those on trial were quite simply the victims of fate. Unforeseen, unforeseeable, and even bizarre events combined to produce a very tragic accident. Indeed, the trial has been covered extensively on American television, in part because it's the first time ever that a movie director has been charged with a movie death. It's also brought into focus the extent to which a director can be held legally responsible for what happens on a film set during production. You have the prosecution trying to establish that experts on the set knew there was a problem and then communicated that to the director. They, they haven't quite got that link yet, but um, I think if, if they get it and then there's a guilty verdict, there'll be a lot of surprised people. Indeed, if Landis and his associates are found guilty, then almost everyone in the industry, including actors, believes it will bring about even more changes. If uh, they are found guilty, then God knows everybody else, the minute they approach a a stunt in a film, they're going to be very, very careful about it, you know, and how they do it, uh, etc. I don't think that they'll shy away from doing uh, things that are necessarily dangerous. It's that they will be very careful how they do it and that everybody involved is... You know a top professional in that particular field whatever did happen and out of the horror of of the result i can only hope that whether everybody is innocent or not or whatever that at least on the plus side it can make us more aware of what can happen film making films can can be very very dangerous there's no question of that